0: Thanks for seeing me again. Yeah, no problem.
1: How many concussions you had?
0: I think 20.
1: Four. How are you even walking? When I started wrestling, I had a mission to become an iconic person in my industry. Wrestling's your life, I know, I get it. But you gotta stop. Where am I gonna go? I get you out now, maybe your daughter has a dad to walk you down the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. This is how it's done, you play your part, and I'll play mine. He's never going to stop being a wrestler, because that's who he is. But it's just a matter of time until he gets hurt badly, and that's something that I'm not ready for. Ah, oh, my little one, it'll be just fine, your bruise will be don't Know how to do anything else. Ah, my little one. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be. It'll be just fine. Your bruise will fade. This is home. I think you should get braids back. They look so mint. <laughs> To Nitro, back to Nitro just a few minutes fans right now it looks like a party at today's house right here joined by vampiro shaggy violent J. vamp first of all congratulations because you have really been uh, on quite a role you really had a of steam the last few weeks here at wcw
0: thanks very much it's uh, I feel like uh, finally I've broken the ice and I've gotten my chance and uh, yeah. you know everybody thought I was just somebody out of the school but I've been around 16 years and I'm here to uh, definitely show the people that
1: I got what it takes to dominate this league. Now, you wrestled for many years actually in Mexico, although you're not from Mexico yourself, from Canada. How did you wind up from Canada down in Mexico? I went on
0: vacation and uh, I basically just stayed there and I started working out in the gym and uh,
1: they dug the look. I was a wrestling fan. One thing led to another and then the uh, insane clown plastic came around, saved my life and here we are. How did you hook up with these guys? Just basically
0: fans of wrestling and fans of music, you know, throughout the underground and things like that, and just you know, knowing a lot of the same people, playing a lot of the same clubs, right. and uh, hopefully breaking a lot of the same heads, and you know, one thing led to the other, and we
1: became friends, and here we are. Now, Shaggy, a few weeks ago, we saw some uh, pretty good ring ro- ring ring work, excuse me, off the top rope you? from you. This I just first time? Uh, no, it's you're not nervous. My, no, just uh, well, a little nervous. I don't normally hang out with this crowd, but some uh, excellent ring That's work out of you. Where did you uh, learn these moves? What I'm, what I'm wondering right now is what's wrong with this crowd. Yeah, what's wrong with oh, No, no, no. Just good natured humor, fellas. Well, no, it's not too funny. You know, this, is, this is a great crowd. I'm here, too. Violet, Violet I was getting to you. Violet, how, did, how about yeah, you your association with WCW? Well, I don't actually have any real training. I simply squeeze windpipes shut at the call of Vampiro. All right. And uh, we have come to WCW for one reason. That is to squeeze windpipes shut possibly take world titles home to stick them on our shelves and to uh well the nitro girls were another main reason we're here but i'm not going to get into that right now okay i'll tell you what let's talk about something else you guys have been fairly outspoken about kiss who will be on this show august 24th there could be some heat backstage you had to bring him up didn't you well the people You had to bring him up when i see gene simmons backstage in vegas I'm going to slap him and smear his makeup, all right? Because Kiss stole the whole thing from us, right here. Well, they started about 20 years earlier. I don't care they what do they way. were doing well, in I'm the, the 50s. i let's go back to Nitro. Last week.
2: Hello and welcome to the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. This is the feature episode of part of the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling's podcasting empire. I am your host JP, John Paz, and on today's episode we have a former WCW World Tag Team Champion, a former AAA World Tag Team Champion. He is Vampiro, making his second appearance. On the show, the last time he was on the show, it was many years ago, and we were talking all about Lucha Underground. Today, we were talking all about Nail in the Coffin, the new documentary all about the rise and the fall of Vampiro, a wrestling icon. Also joining us will be the director, Michael Pash as well. And it was really kind of a a great, fun talk with with both guys as the, the primary focus will be the documentary, which is really just an absolute... Epic and legendary documentary. Really good stuff. Not only because of the wrestling stuff. And obviously you remember Vampiro from just being a, an absolute legend down there in Mexico. A wrestling icon for sure. Then obviously he would make his way to WCW and All Japan. And just have really one hell of a wrestling career. Of course, you know you may remember him, like I just said, from Lucha Underground or from TNA as well. He was huge in AAA, huge in CMLL. Just an absolute icon in Mexico now as far as the interview and the talking points and different things we will focus in on the documentary at first and kind of the experience of it and getting into the nitty-gritty of talking about not only his wrestling career but his personal life as well because a lot of the documentary does focus on him being a single dad and him taking care of his daughter which I just you know you, you find very touching and very emotional it's one of those things where you really see the other side of vampiro you don't see that tough exterior that crazy pro wrestler the guy you know injuring his neck in the ring and doing all these crazy bumps and moves and just being the complete psycho as he would call himself uh, in, in and out of the ring You really see the family man and the real person and the person behind the paint, if you will, the real Ian Hodginson and not just Vampiro. So I think that's a really great job by Michael and Epic Pictures with this film. They really do a great job of learning about not only Vampiro the wrestler, but Vampiro the man, Ian the man, and really finding all about him. Talk about how he's really just a polarizing guy in the wrestling business, which is really kind of cool to touch on because we will touch on a lot of wrestling stories, how he kind of became that huge overnight sensation in CMLL in Mexico really rose to a super stardom, whether it be inside or out of the ring, he became just such a big star down there in Mexico. Then of course we will talk about WCW The Perceived Heat and Feud with the Stinger, Steve Borden, a.k.a. Sting. And we really go into that a little in detail because uh, Sting had said some things about not liking to work with him. And Vampiro had said some things about maybe not liking to work with Sting either. And there was some heat there. And you know, really dissension with the brothers in paint. But we'll go into that even further and maybe get an apology from Vampiro as well. We'll talk about All Japan. We'll talk about the epic clash with Kawada where they go kick for kick and blow for blow. He gives us his memories on that. We also talk about not only favorite matches and opponents, but his favorite places to wrestle as well. Just want to mention this one more time. Nail in the Coffin, The Rise and Fall of Vampiro is available on video on demand streaming services. Pretty much all the major ones. Go check it out wherever you can. If you want to go to epic-pictures.com, you can also pick up an awesome Blu-ray with a lot of bonus content and a lot of extra interviews added to this great documentary as well. I highly recommend The Nail in the Coffin. Now, before I pass it on over to the interview, just want to also mention part of the TMPT podcasting empire: we have Dirty Dutch, the University of Dutch podcast. We also have Taskmaster Talks with Kevin Sullivan. We have. Take You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. We have Talking Tough with Rick Bassman. We have Pro Wrestling 101 with Just Incredible. Trump Mania with Lavi Margolin. And then, of course,. We have the Triple Threat Podcast with Shane Douglas. For all that and more, you can go to tmptempire.com and find out all the information about all the podcasts going on in the world of the two man power trip of wrestling. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at two man power trip. So, without any further ado, going to send it on over to a great interview with the director and the star, of course, of the film, the former WCW and AAA World Tag Team Champion, El Vampiro Canadiense Ian Hodginson a.k.a. Vampiro. Joining us on the line right now is a former AAA World Tag Team Champion, a former WCW World Tag Team Champion. You may know him as El Vampiro Canadiense Ian Hutchinson. He is, of course, Vampiro, joined with director Michael Pash. Welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. Thank you. Thank you. Now, guys, the reason you know, we're having you on today, obviously, is because of Nail in the Coffin, this great documentary, The Rise and Fall of Vampiro, a wrestling icon. I guess we'll start with uh, Vampiro. What was kind of the, the thought process in going through with this awesome documentary?
0: Um, you better ask Michael. <laughs> That's a- that's a, that's a Michael question
2: right there all right we can start with Michael Michael you want to start and answer that That's a good good starting yeah, of
3: course. point no, no 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 problem um the behind, I, mean, I, I, I lived in Mexico years ago I've I known uh uh, Ventura, uh on and off over the years and we reconnected uh a few years ago and it was you know he was at a you know different point in his life and I was, I was doing other things, and then we started talking, and we had mutual interests, and, you know, we both have, you know, we have daughters, and, and I, what I found really interesting was the fact that he was still in Canada, and he was commuting from Thunder Bay, Ontario, to Mexico City, to Los Angeles, and then having to be back every, every single week, every Sunday, back home uh, to take his daughters to school on Monday morning, and... It was like it just blew me away, and I thought that's that's just that's a story to tell, and, and and it's you know what 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 parents do, what family, what we do to sort of support our kids, and, and you know and, and he's and he's doing this uh, to the extreme, and I thought that was amazing, was, it, I thought it was a great story to tell.
2: And vampire were you open to doing this documentary? Is it easy to kind of be this uh, vulnerable and this open? I mean, is that something that you're okay with?
0: I'm a hundred percent okay with it. Um, cause I don't know how to do anything else any other way. Uh, everything that I do is 100% or, or, or I don't do it. And, um, aside from that, it's not something that I just do every day. I have to really connect and bond with the person. And, and Michael is a brother, you know, his, his family. Um, and, and I trust him completely. And, uh, I, I knew right away that I was going to be able to just do what was expected of me, which was be me, me. And he would do his thing. And, and that's uh, kind of what you see. So yeah, it, it was pretty easy, especially with a guy like him.
2: Now, Michael, you were a long time wrestling fan. You're just a fan of Imperial. Kind of what's your, your background and history with professional wrestling?
3: Oh man. I mean, I go way, way back to six. I was like four years old. My dad taking me to Maple Leaf Gardens to watch wrestling. I, you know, i watched the, the, the what was his in the wild man the the the, the Canadian uh, uh, the, the bear man and, and, and all that. I used to watch that was when I was when I was like four years old and so I love wrestling man and then and then uh, I knew about the, the legend of Vampiro from Canada and then it was in Mexico and then I ended up visiting Mexico around 2000, 2001 I think it was. And I lived and then I ended up working for Super Luchas which is a, a wrestling magazine. as as a reporter, so I started doing that, and I got to to interview everybody, Uh, and I did that for about a year, and that's where I met met Ian, and, you know, I just got this amazing, amazing education, uh, you know, from in Mexico, and then I moved back to Canada, and we eventually reconnected, so, I mean, blessings in my blood.
2: Now, Vampiro, when he approached you about doing this, was it something that it was kind of you had to be convinced, or you were on board right away?
0: Um, I, I think I was on board right away. Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, uh, it was a uh, something extremely different, and and I wasn't expecting it. Right, so yeah, I was 100% on board.
2: You know, you're talking about you know your daughter Dasha, who's kind of a main part of this, and that relationship with her. Is that kind of easy for you to do? Because that's real life. That's not wrestling. That's not storyline. That's not about you. I mean, it's it's opening up to your family. Was that an easy thing to do or is that a hard thing to do?
0: What? Letting her see me sick and all that stuff?
2: Yeah, and and kind of, you know, having her almost be, you know, a, a focal point and kind of letting people into your real life. Um.
0: No. Because the way I saw it, you know, you know, Michael Michael had his thing, but in, when I, what I saw was uh, an opportunity for one day, I thought, when I'm not here anymore, she'll have a record of things that I won't be able to tell her. You know what I mean? She can see what I did so I could be a better dad for her. And um, that, that's how I was looking at it. And then the other thing that what goes through my mind was, you know, maybe single dads or parents are going to see this, and they're going to see how important it is to have um, communication. So that's, uh, that's the only thing that was going through my mind.
2: Michael, when you're kind of putting this together and you're doing that, easy for you to just say, hey, you know, um, I want to make this much more than just a wrestling documentary. I want to make this about your personal life. Was that something that, you know, you almost had to struggle with a little bit? Because, you know, it's going to get very real, and it's going to get very personal.
3: Well, I mean, I, I've I've seen all the documentaries over the years and I love I love them all and it's awesome. And I I think that it was always in the back of my mind was, you know, not to try not, not to copy them or, you know, but just try to come up with an original, you know, kind of uh story or a different you know, different take on on the business and and all that. And, and I think that was always something that was always in the back, back of my mind. Um, that you know, And I was just trying to find someone that was, you know, well, if I was going to make a doc, how would I do it? What would be the approach I'd take? And who would be that person? Uh, and I always wanted to do something like that, you know, go down that rabbit hole. And it was just, it was just, it was just, I don't know what the word for it is, but you know, I, I was you know, obviously drawn to, to Vampiro and we reconnected, and that was, that was the big thing. And, like, what better person? Like, like my God, uh, you know, he's probably the most polarizing person in, in the business uh, in, in some ways, and, and, and Ian, he was just an incredible uh, human being as well, right? So, um, and, and all the, the jobs that he's had and all this, and I thought, this is, this is really, really cool. And, and and I think and, and ultimately he's a dad, and that was the big thing. That was the the, this, the the big part of the story. And and so am I. And I think that's where you know it was just kind of where we are at our, at a point in our lives right now. Uh, and you know we probably couldn't have made this 15, 20 years ago. Um, it was kind of the timing in that sense. We were ready for it.
2: And it is cool. Like, the the heart of the story, really, you know, the crux of the matter is the the relationship with the daughter. It's a different side of Vampiro than I think a lot of people will even realize. Right, Vampiro? I mean, people haven't seen this side of you before.
3: No.
0: No, no, they haven't. Um, More than anything, I'm a
2: pretty private
0: guy. Uh, And, uh, yeah, no, you're right. No, this is the first time. So... It was exciting. I was nervous more than anything, but it's exciting now to see the effect it's having on people. I'm I'm blessed. I'm grateful.
2: I'm very thankful to Michael. And Michael, how's the uh, you know the reviews been? How have you been hearing from everybody? Because this was released early September on VOD. So what's been the response so far?
3: Uh, It's been really um, overwhelming, overwhelmingly positive. It's It's really cool to see. Uh, people reaching out and, and and just saying how, you know, you know Ian's, I guess, like a role model, just sort of everybody, like people from different walks of life, they all can sort of tap into it. I mean, think that, that part was, was, for me, was really exciting to see. It doesn't matter what job you have or what you're doing. You know, most, everybody, for the most part, has a family or a group that they're connected to, you know what I mean? And everybody can, can take something from it. And we're getting a lot of that feedback. Uh, and some people, are like, not even in the wrestling community, uh, we're, were saying, hey, I, I don't like wrestling, but I really like this uh, stuff. So, you know, I think we did our job, and we're, we're just thrilled with the
2: results. Now, Vampiro, you do have a lot of great footage. You know, maybe there's a Billy Vanilli, WCW, AAA, you know, whatever, uh, CMLL, I mean, there's some amazing footage. Is this like archival footage that that you've gotten? Like, what did you kind of expect when you saw this? You're like, wow, uh, you know, this is a lot of cool footage in my, you know, in my documentary. Um,
0: I I I don't know. I because of the the mental health stuff that I was going through at the time, and I'm still going through, but I just didn't have a memory. So every time I see the movie, even though I've seen it, you know. Seven, eight, nine times, uh, it's new to me every single time, and I see things that I didn't see the time before. So the things that you know, like for example, I don't know where Michael got that that video of my wedding. I I, I haven't even seen that. I've, that was the first time I saw it. I have not seen that before. So, uh, uh, you know, I don't know where the fuck this guy came up with all this stuff, but it, it's like, I'm I'm blessed that he did because, again. I didn't care about it for me. I don't need to see it. I was there. I did it. People talk about it, so it's fresh in my mind because I hear about it every day. But my daughter, because my my daughter didn't really know much about me or Vampiro before this movie, because I kept it away from her. And there's other people talking about me in a scenario before she came along and she's going to see that I'm the same person no matter what happened throughout her life and, and I really want her to know her dad and, and to see how powerful the curse of being vampiro was and I left it all because I, I, I was put in a position where I was either going to be vampiro or I was going to be a father and um, I, I, I chose being a father, so I, I I don't want her to see that under the circumstances or situation that she's gonna sit. like I told you so. I like the way Michael did it, because my daughter's gonna know that I am a noble guy, a humble guy, and and I loved her from day one. So th- it's that that's what I get out of it, you know.
2: And Michael, where did you end up getting all this footage? I mean, you're getting some crazy stuff here. Even Vampiro's not even sure where you're getting it from.
3: I mean it's I mean that's a process the process when we you know, over two, three years we you know, the cameras have been following, you know, Vampiro for the past thirty years, right? So there's tons of footage everywhere. So the, you know, I, I worked with a great editor named Danny Palmer who uh who actually actually edited uh, a few episodes of uh Dark side of the ring season one. So he was very familiar with sort of the archival process and you know, searching for footage and we started we both started searching for footage and things and then we and then as you start to gather all this stuff, you start to you know you know, once you you, you start writing down his story, it's like okay, well wait a minute, going, what about do we have footage to kind of explain this or so what do you do in an interview with someone? And they're telling you the story. It's like, well, can you find that footage that, that that the person's talking about? So that's how it is. We just ask a lot of friends and you know, there's some amazing people who who came out and, and, and helped us and, and, and you know, they said, Hey, by the way, I've got some footage of us, you know, of Ian and, and Dasha when, when she was like four years old. I was following her, following her. It was it was it was, it was something that I couldn't use but I still have it on my hard drive. If you want it? It's like, Oh my god Please, you know, give us that stuff. So, it's um, it's there's a lot of digging that that you need to do, uh, and then of course, you know, Danny. Then you know, you gotta thread it like a needle in terms of telling the story and all that. And and you know, he I think he did a great job uh, putting it together.
2: And that's funny. Never saw the wedding video, but you you know you've seen it. You had us. <laughs> that's kind of a you know funny little story too, like an aside.
3: Yeah, no, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. And there's, and there's so much stuff. There's so much more stuff that we, we you know, we couldn't, we couldn't uh, put into it. We, we have, a, we have a, a, an hour of extras on the Blu-ray, uh, some great interviews from uh, other people and, and, and all that that didn't make it, that, that's on the Blu-ray, which is which are, are, it's, it's, it's really cool.
2: Now, Vampiro, as you're shooting and as this is going on, you were working in AAA, right, at this point? And I guess Lucha Underground yeah. was still going on. So was that a lot for you to juggle? Yes. You're saying, you know, single dad, working as in AAA, you're you're producing and writing and stuff for them, working for uh, Lucha Underground. Was that a lot to kind of uh, take in all at once? Oh uh,
0: no, it's kind of normal cause it's what I've been doing for the last forty years. So um, no, it was it was normal, completely normal.
3: I think I see I when I when, when I watch. Uh, Van in doing all these things. He's kind of like a, it was like a almost like a, a conductor in an orchestra, uh, and and I think he thrives off of off of all of all of that, all, of, all that energy and all those things that are going on uh, because you know that's huge underground and, and AAA and, and and Triple Mania 25, which was of course the company's biggest event. And of course, he's got like three or four other things that are going on too that you know that you, know, you don't even know about, right? So um, I think, yeah, I, th- I think I think Ian's at his best when he's doing all, uh, all these different things.
2: Is it hard for you, Michael, that he's so busy? Is it, or or you're just kind of there filming no matter what he's doing? You're just going to be there filming. Is that a hard thing to do?
3: Um, I think. It, it's not because we had a very small crew. There's like two of us, um, so we we had the ability to pivot and, and, and move around and, and adapt. And if he something had to get on the plane and go to Cancun to, to to do a press conference, we could go and follow him and and, and get there. Because I mean, that would happen a lot. It, it drops a hat. It was like, okay, we got to go do this. It's like, oh, okay, you know. So those moments that that was that was happening. But I think the biggest thing is that when you when you're filming like a couple number 25. You can get lost in 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 in, in all the energy, like of everything. Like there's so many things going on. So our whole our whole plan is just let's just follow the apparel. Let's not lose sight of the of the of of what we're what we're filming, and uh, let's just follow him. Uh, or and he will find the drama, or the drama will find will follow him, or will find him.
2: And right, uh, Vampiro, there was, uh, talking about Triple Mania 25, there was a little bit of uh, controversy going on, right? A little bit of backstage stuff that uh, Michael was privy to?
0: Yeah, um, I, I I think there always is. I, I, I've been doing this a long, long time, and I, I see that, I've seen that in every single show, a big, like, J- Japan. WCW had its issues, uh, but a show like Triple Mania, it's never personal, you know? It can't be. Because you don't understand the energy. It's, it's different than, you know, even when we did pay-per-views with uh, WCW or shows at the Sumo Palace in, in Japan, uh, I've made a at all of them. And, and uh, this Triple Mania, when you wrestle in Mexico City, because AAA doesn't go to Mexico City. It, goes, uh, it only goes twice a year. Even though it's based out of Mexico City, it does all of its TV and touring outside of the city. So this is like the big show and the best arena uh, with the biggest budget and all that stuff. So it's a really spectacular night. So all the VIP people are there. And the energy, the, the, the nerves because this is where you, you know, walk that tightrope across the buildings, right, with no safety net. This is where you're willing to die. And it's crazy that when the guys go in the ring what they're going to do to each other. So, yeah, it's 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 a very emotional thing. It's draining because it, it changes you. It, you're not the same when it's over, you know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's quite the experience.
2: Michael, what did you think about what was going on behind the stage? I know there was a... Uh... Sexy star uh, Rosemary had a little bit of controversy. What's it like being back there and all of a sudden all this craziness is going on around you?
3: Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think that like I said before, like we, we had a small crew, so we, we we were, we were like a fly in the wall. We get, we got dropped in there. It's like in a battle. We got, we got, we got parachuted in and when we landed, it was like, it was, it was, it it was organized chaos. I think that's the best way to, to to describe it. And, And, um, and if you, you know, you just, you got to pay, be respectful of everybody and, and, and give them their space as much as you can. And they all were aware that the documentary was happening and, and all that. And, and it was kind of like, you know, Ian and I were joking about it before, saying it's a bit like jail, right? You know, we were like, you know, the, the new kids on the block in the, in the in, in the, in the dressing room there. And so we just follow him around and he kind of protected us in some weird, weird way, right? You know? So hmm. it was cool.
2: And I think, if I remember correctly, Jeff Jarrett might have been a little bit, um, you know, two sheets to the wind, as they say that night too. I think that was going on. So there was a lot of controversy going on behind the stage at uh, Triple Mania.
0: Yeah, Jeff was uh, Jeff was uh, Jeff was on fire. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, it was, in a, it was it was it uh, was. Yeah, there was there was a I think there was two or three fights in the back. There always is. Because, like I said, the energy is just so strong that you have to do your best to hurt yourself or get into a fight or something to have that outlet. You can't take that energy home. It's too much. It's, it's really over the top. So, you know, guys, if, if somebody's drinking because of the nerves, and then they get talking stupid, and somebody's angry, and it kicks off, and that's par for the course. It happens all the time, and it's not a big deal. Like a hockey fight,
2: once like it's over, everybody shakes hands and move on. You know. Absolutely, Michael. Were you kind of hoping for any sort of drama, or you, you didn't care? You know, you, you get what you get. You're just there for filming Vampiro. Anything extra might just be a bonus.
3: Well, I think that was that was just kind of it, right? It was it, it was. We knew that it was it was the, the biggest night of the of the year, and I think I think for us when we went in, we were just honored to be. To be on behind the scenes when when uh, Vampiro got us access uh, there and, and Dorian oh, all the let us let us in and, and all that it was like we're probably one of the first camera crews that were actually allowed in AAA behind behind the scenes like that um, such access was is, is pretty rare in Mexico so we were just for just to just to have that alone was was an honor we were, we were thrilled. And then all the other stuff was just was just gravy and it was it was awesome.
2: Vampiro, can you just talk about your rise to popularity in Mexico and becoming such a huge star there? I mean, Vampiro and Mexico, I mean, kind of goes hand in hand. You became a gigantic megastar there.
0: Uh, you like like what was it like experiencing that? Is that what you're
2: Yeah. Like when you first get there, you don't know what's going to happen. Then all of a sudden you just become this megastar kind of almost overnight. I mean, you, you were like a a sensation there for sure.
0: I don't believe it (laughs) happens. Now I I don't remember it. It's kind of like who I am now, where I'm at now in life. I, I, it's un—it's unrealistic for me to imagine that was even real, what I went through. But I just remember, you know, getting to the arena, in Mexico, and and running Run. on the around like like the Olympic track, and just i you know, I couldn't breathe because of the altitude, and I was nervous, and they told me I need to get in shape, and I, I had just like a few days, and um, within a month, I think. Within a month, uh, Vampiro was uh, the, the biggest sensation down there, and I i didn't know what to think. What are you supposed to think? What are you supposed to feel, you know? I always knew, I believed that I was going to be important at something that I chose to do. But there's no way I can explain it to you what Vampiro in, in Mexico was. Beyond arms
2: which is me. Michael, what did you kind of think of, of Vampiro and like like that huge star status? Like you said, you know, you're a big fan. Like, were you kind of shocked or surprised or like, man, you know, this guy is just a gigantic megastar in Mexico?
3: No, I mean, I mean, from from a, from a, a Canadian perspective, I. I knew I knew his popularity. Uh, it, it 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 wasn't it wasn't until I started talking to you know Mexican uh, people who I was really they were the ones telling me and uh, and you know the women were you know women who I met were like you know like oh my God You're like you don't understand how, how big how big he was. We used to always go to the arena to see him and women were passing out and they would bring ambulances to, to you know pick them up and all this sort of stuff i'm like what and 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 just to hear though that that sort of stuff and and how you know uh it was just a new wave that just kind of you know came in mexico and and uh i mean like like the emperor was saying who how can you be prepared for that especially at, at that at that age right uh, but when I met him, it was it was he was just down to earth, cool guy in Mexico City back when when I met him. So um, it was uh, no, it was it was definitely cool to see you know the, his progress over the years.
2: Yeah, Van you mean you became a like you said a sensation, a rock star. Like you said Beetle Mania was you were a rock star. You had a different look. It was something different for Lucha Libre. Do you think that you know it's one of those things where you're almost too young, it it almost happened too quickly for you in a business?
0: Um yes and no. Yes, for all the reasons that your uh question deserves to be answered. Yes, I'm way too young. Um in the business. Because I didn't have things. Like, Success. I had top culture aging success. You know what I mean? That, mm-hmm. it, it was, it was, too much, it was too big. And it was so big that it was so big it was so big uh, see, like, so yeah, um,
2: I know you went from, like, basically, I, I think the story was that you were almost homeless at one point, and then you become, you know, a 20, whatever, 21, whatever, uh, you know, icon as a star. And it's almost like, wow, you go from one extreme to the other.
0: Yeah, that's, I love homeless, but when you, that question is just to me. I was, I was the on your life that they had the streets and the crime and gangs and music and everything. Because so even though I was very young, I was, I was a real world business model. you know what I mean? So that going from doing you know robberies and crazy shit like that so you can eat, sleeping under a car, you know, trying to survive the streets of L.A. To going to be in a, an iconic figure all within a year, it's, it's, it's really, what are you supposed, how do you recover from that shock, you know? Um, it was a horrible experience, I'll tell you that, being so... Fam- I don't like to say famous, but having that fame, that power, was a horrible, horrible, horrible experience. To be so young and, and unguided and unprotected, because uh, I, I I was very had a very violent, addictive personality, and I, I'm pretty sure I wanted to die. And I was really, 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 really pushing hard. So, um, yeah, I was. I, I'm so happy it's over.
2: Too much, too soon, too young. I, I mean, I guess if you think about it,
0: yeah, that's the only way to go if you're going to be an icon,
2: my friend. Yes, very true. Now, Michael, as you're kind of you know going through this story and really kind of getting personal with Vampiro, and you're breaking it down, how much is you know on your mind that you want to cover his? wrestling career and really talk about wrestling is that also on your mind you, you want to make make sure you get because you know he's famous for, for being a wrestler is that kind of on your mind you you want to make sure you get as much wrestling content as you can in there um
3: well it was, it was that wasn't a big big uh push for that i think that when we started you know, when we were doing interviews and, and people were talking uh, it was the, the wrestling footage was just going to find its way into it uh i think i was more concerned about you know Capturing uh, the relationship And and You know Stuff like You know Them having Having their lunches And, and Going to see the doctor and, You know Those Those were the, the really important parts For me I guess it's More of its Current life Than anything um, You know Capturing the moments That triple main Were important But everything but, every, but everything else We figured Well we're, we're gonna We're gonna get that stuff In there Um and it's a balance, right? Because you want to make wrestling fans happy. I'm a fan. You want to make sure that's in there. But at the same time, we also want to make sure that the non-fans, um, you know, like this story as well.
2: Vampire. as far as your time in WCW and coming to the States, did you like your time in WCW? Did you feel that, you know, maybe it was too political when you got there? What were kind of your thoughts on WCW? <clears throat>
0: Um, I didn't agree with the politics, the backstage politics stuff. That was never my my thing. And uh, even though it is a a, a a normal part of our culture, uh, I, I never really bought into it. I never really partook in anything like that. So it, I was uh, really treated like an outsider. You know, so I wouldn't uh I I just wouldn't play along with all that political stuff. So that that rubbed me the wrong way. So that that bothered me for a long, long time. And I was thinking about it the other day when people asked me about W C W and I always say bad, bad things about it. But in all honesty, to see that after so many years the fans that you know, twenty years the fans still remember me. They still talk about me like I'm relevant today. Um, They hold me in high esteem. That's a blessing, and uh, I should be ashamed of myself of not acknowledging that and only focusing on the bad stuff, so I apologize to everybody for that. So I had some amazing experiences after WCW, like today. People still remember me from that WCW era. So it's phenomenal, uh, the impact and the connection that we had. So I'm grateful for that.
2: As far as the Stinger and working with Sting, I know you guys were the brothers of paint. You guys had a feud. What was kind of, if, if there really wasn't any, was there some issues with Sting? Was there some heat with Sting? What's kind of your relationship with him?
0: <clears throat> I, I've also made the mistake of, of making fun of that situation in public. So I, and I want to apologize for that too. I I've been told that he didn't like me and didn't really want to work with me. And I also saw an interview where he, he said that. And it, it kind of bothered me because he didn't say that to my face. Um, but I really respect him. I really learned a lot from him. I was so grateful that he took the time to, to teach me the things that he did, uh, for someone of his stature in, in the United States to give me that opportunity, you know, to, to get a lot of credibility because of, because of his name. So, of course, I respect him, and, and I'm very grateful for that. Uh, I, I personally don't have anything bad to say about him. Um, I did hear though that he he wasn't too thrilled with me, and I'm I'm sorry for that. But like, you know what? That's life, and it, that's okay. You know, I what are you going to do?
2: Do you think that that feud could have went further, or you could have been a bigger star in WCW? You know, maybe not even if you played the political games. Do you just think that maybe it could have been could have been better? What could have been?
0: <laughs> I
2: um I don't know.
0: I know. I think um, I could have done more if I was given the opportunity. I I felt like the people were behind me. Um, I was into it. I was at the peak of my career, my athletic ability. So I'm sure if I was allowed to, uh, I, I think I could have done a lot more. Yeah, of course. Uh, as far as continuing a feud with Sting. I, I'm sure that that thing could have existed till this day if we wanted it to. But um, I didn't work out that way.
2: As far as, like, going to WB, because obviously WCW gets sold, was there ever any thought or possibility to going to WB in, in 2001 or after that, or never really even on your radar, you never even thought about it?
0: Um, we all got the... Uh, we all got a phone call, to, you know, to to be told that we were not needed. And um,
1: <coughs>
0: excuse me, when they called me, they told me they didn't have anything for me creatively, and the creative team didn't think they can do anything with me. And uh, they said that we're we're not we're letting you go. So, yeah, that, that was that. You know, um, they didn't want me. <laughs> so. <laughs> And that was cool. It was completely fine because I, I I had a deal with All Japan, and that's where I really wanted to be was All Japan. So it, it was okay.
2: Yeah, and and kind of uh, had a lot of main events over there. A lot of great matches. Uh, I remember you uh, kicking Kawada right in the head after he kicked you in the head. Uh, I don't know if you uh, you know remember that quite as fondly, but um, you know you had some wars over there in Japan. That's for sure.
0: I I remember when I think about it or if I see it or somebody mentions it like you just did, um, it comes back to me. You know, I'm really, really struggling with my memories, you know, because of the trauma and all that. But I I do remember somebody mentioning to me before that I I went shot for shot with Kawada and he rocked me and I rocked him right back. And uh, I, I kind of freaked him out a little bit. So, but he was my hero, and I figured, well, if he's hitting me, I gotta. If I don't fight back, then what am I supposed to do? So, I remember that though. That was that it was pretty crazy. It
2: was pretty stiff. <laughs> it was oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, to say the least. Awesome stuff. you from a fan perspective, maybe not from the wrestler perspective, but from a fan perspective, uh, awesome, awesome stuff. Seeing you guys go toe to toe for sure. Now, yeah, far, it, was, it was great, man. As far as uh, AAA, and- <coughs> so
0: I'm no longer in AAA. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I I got. I'm not even sure. I think it's been a uh, a year, maybe. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know. But maybe. Yeah, almost a year that I haven't heard that. I'm um. I'm doing the second part of my my documentary right now. I, I'm getting ready to do uh, a radio podcast project. I have two other TV shows that I'm working on, so I'm, I'm doing other things completely different than
2: uh, than Triple A in Mexico. Any plans to get back into like the actual wrestling portion and get back into wrestling, or you're too busy working on these other projects? You're not even thinking about that right now. Um, I'm not sure. I think my, my time is definitely
0: coming gone, and uh, as a performer. Um, if some company was interested in me as a commentator or something like that and it was had had a reason to do it you know what I mean if there was something doing creatively that would be something that would make me think about it but the wrestling game has passed me by you know they don't need me and I, I don't need them uh, and that's not because there's bad blood between us, it's just my time has come and it's a new generation and the world has moved on and I've gone a different direction and it's, you know, you got to, it was really, really a long journey for me to be able to let it go. But uh, I've been able to find a way to do that and it was it was sad because, you know, it's a huge part of my life. But um, I was able to do so and... As soon as I was able to let it go, I felt free and 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 extremely happy.
2: So it's great. Now, as we head towards the wind down, head towards the finish, I just want to ask. I guess it's kind of a a generic question, but I'm always sure, especially someone of your stature that's literally wrestled everywhere and against like the biggest stars and and obviously huge icon. Do you have favorite matches or favorite opponents? Like looking back.
0: (coughs) Um. I'm sorry, man. My my uh, my marijuana is really strong. <coughs> I don't mean I'm coughing in your ear. Um. I uh I, Ray Buddha, uh, Ricky Banderas. Um. Shit. I I I I answer that differently. It's not so much that I have favorite matches or opponents. I mm-hmm. had favorite places like I okay. loved wrestling in Italy I loved Puerto Rico obviously I loved Mexico Mexico City Guadalajara Monterrey all the all the other town and so because every single time it was sold out and it was crazy energy and it was a different experience so it was it was it was it was crazy it was so spiritual I I the wrestling was secondary, you know what I mean? It was always that 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 moment with the people, that that my entrance to the ring, that that first second when you come out and it's that that tsunami of light and love and energy and power. That 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 that's what did it for me. So I, I it didn't matter who I wrestled. None of that matters. It, it was just that moment with the fans, you know? That that's how I. That's the only way I can answer
2: it, my friend. Hey, that sounds uh, sounds good to me. I just remember not that long ago you wrestling uh, Pentagon Jr. for uh, Lucha Underground, just as far as, you know, just some, uh, maybe more some timely stuff that we've seen on, on TV here in the States. And it was a part of that master storyline. And obviously Pentagon Jr. would go on to become yeah. an even bigger star. But I just thought that was awesome. Your work in that feud was awesome. Just so well done by Lucha Underground. <laughs>
0: a surprise to everybody. Uh, We kind of just made that up as we went along because uh, Pentagon was having trouble. You know, nobody wanted to work with him and he wasn't understanding the American psychology. So they were going to let him go. And uh, I suggested that he has a a feud with a big name and he beats that name. And that will help him with credibility and helping mature and all that stuff. And uh, nobody wanted to do it. So I said, well, how about if I did it? You know, kind of a passing of the torch thing. And then Chris Joseph came up with my buddy until it was like the very last minute. Pentagon didn't even know until he was going in the ring what was going on. Um, it was... It was so special. It was so it was so awesome. Oh my god, it's crazy, man. It was so crazy. We didn't know what we were doing, man. We just kind of like did it on the spot. It was awesome.
2: Great match, uh, Sierra Miedo match. Uh, Sierra Miedo match. Uh, really, really just well done. And it was shocking that you were the master. I remember just being totally surprised and thrown off with it at the time. So really cool swerve in a business where that's hard to do, uh, especially nowadays. Yeah,
0: that's that's what we loved about it the most. Because as a wrestler, we're always like, well, what are we going to do next? And, uh, you know, because everything's been done. And that hadn't been done, and it was just like, we got him. So, yeah, it was one of those few times, you know. It was very – I don't think I'll
2: ever see that again. Totally agree. Yep, for sure. Now, as far as Vampiro and even Ian Hutchinson and, you know, even yourself, what's the lasting legacy? What's the stamp that Vampiro, like, leaves behind on the wrestling business?
0: Oh. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I don't think I'll leave it. I mean, I don't know. I mean, wow. I, I don't know. I'm, shit, dude, I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I am glad that people didn't forget me. That's all. I'm just happy people... Uh, respect, I don't know understood that I was ahead of the game and I I, I gave it my all and I don't know I'm just
2: happy that I'm not forgotten. Star in Mexico I mean uh, rock star status uh, for sure an icon uh, that is for sure Um, now as far as Michael uh, Michael can you just uh, please just give us one big plug of why people should go out there and and watch this film and, and why people should be interested in Nail in the Coffin.
3: Oh, that's, that's that's another great question. Um, I I think that you know during these times, especially, um, it's really difficult time uh, I, for for you know everybody, um, and and I think that seeing Ian's you know story uh, of how he was you know how he's making ends meet and doing what he has to do to support his child uh, is for me, was is the heart of the story. Father's love for his daughter. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, that's something that we all can relate with. Um, it doesn't matter what job we have or what we're doing. We all go, we all struggle. We all go through it. Um, challenges. Uh, but at the end of the day, we come home at night and it's, and it's our family. And I think that for me was always the heart of it. So I think that, that's why I think people should watch this uh, wrestling? Yeah, if you're fa- if you're a fan, that's great. Uh, like, you know, but if you're not, um, there, there's there's things to take from it. And, and I think for me, it's 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 totally about family.
2: Now, where can everybody find Nail in the Coffin, The Rise and Fall of Empire? Where you know, I know it's going to be on uh, VOD and stuff. But where can they kind of find it and stream it and watch it?
3: It's on, it's on all digital platforms in, in, the, uh, in the States, and uh, it'll be on uh, all digital platforms in Canada. So Canada and North America is uh, is basically covered. Um, it's on Blu-ray. Epic uh, uh, Pictures has put out a, um, uh, a cool Blu-ray, and uh, hopefully we'll be expanding it to Mexico and UK and Australia in the next uh, couple of months.
2: Awesome. And Vampiro, as far as your social media and stuff, yeah, please give your you know, plugs for whatever you got social media-wise.
0: Oh, thank you very much. Uh, so the big one is, is Facebook, and it's just Vampiro. It's verified. Um, it's just me, black and white picture. It's wearing a Rockabilly shirt, so you can't miss it. Um, and that's a pic on my Instagram, which is Vampiro voodoo. It's V-U-D-U, Vampiro Voodoo, and on Twitter, it's uh, Vampiro underscore Vampiro, and I'm active. I'm crazy active on, on social media, so I'm doing a lot of work with mental health and all kinds of cool stuff on Facebook, so I hope
2: to see everybody there, and that's kind of it. Awesome. That is Nail in the Coffin, the Rise and the Fall of Vampiro, the Wrestling Icon. Vampiro, Michael, thank you so much for all of your time today. Really appreciate it, guys. Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.